And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Um, once again, welcome. Welcome to the David Bowers Awards. Thank you so very much, Sir John Bon Jovio, the legendary one. We're glad to have you all here with us again for another exciting hour. We've got some interesting music, some great guests, a lot of country music today. This is an all-country episode, and uh, we're going to have some interesting different sounds. first tune we've got is from a previous guest, and it's something that everyone who's at least everyone who's worked in radio as a DJ or on-air personality will really appreciate. It's a salute to his friend, a steel guitar legend, and every DJ that ever clicked the microphone switch. Here's Richard Lynch and Radio Friend.
radio friend. Now, remembering back in the days when the guy on the radio was your friend and you couldn't wait for him to talk to you, his name is Richard Lynch, and it's a story that everyone who's ever worked in radio can relate with. It's an intimate telling of the true story of Richard Lynch's friendship with DJ and pedal steel guitar legend Ray Chubby Howard. As Haunt Magazine Review said, musically, this track strings together the classic Telecaster twang underneath a singing steel six-string played presumably by Lynch, and there's a richness in Richard Lynch's vocals that almost gives you the feeling of sitting on your grandfather's knee. There's a comfort to it. It's secure, and I particularly appreciate the chorus of this song. It's true to the inspiration of the piece. It's memorable and singable for an everyday listener. That's from Honk Magazine. Richard Lynch, radio friend. Could you relate, John Bon Jovi? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> I'm listening to this song, and it kind of brought me back to the day of my very, very first radio gig at the University of South Florida's radio station, WUSF, and uh, it was like 1970, and I went down just to check it out to see what was going on, and the news director, a guy named Norm Hale, who I've lost contact with, but he was really quite a mentor, uh, said, uh, you interested in this? And I said, yeah. He says, well, here's some coffee. Get down there in that room, and uh, we'll put you live in about five minutes. And, of course... <laughs> It scared the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, and I can remember just, I was, oh my gosh, I was so nervous. Um, but I got through it, and I know I sounded awful. And here it is, uh, you know, 52 years later, and I'm still on the radio, folks. And I know that my partner in crime here, the David Bowers, is still on the radio. And, uh, well, you've been doing this longer than me. And... It's yeah, an itch yeah, that I, I get. I get. I get the. I still get the itch to go into a control room and slip cue the record and make sure the carts are all piled up in the order that they're supposed to be and watch the VU meters and fake the transmitter readings and the whole nine yeah. yards. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny that this subject would come up because uh, we're approaching when this program is recorded. We're approaching Valentine's Day in 2022, and I flash back. I got a copy in the uh, in an email. I got a copy of the uh, peppermint twist, and the peppermint twist is especially meaningful for me because that was a hit 60 years ago this week. It reached number one, and 60 years ago this week, I was preparing for my first dance as a disc jockey at the Masonic Hall in Rome, New York. And that led to my first job in radio because I had been trying to get in the door of a local radio station. And the uh, program director of WRNY in Rome uh, contacted me and wanted me to call him. So I called him from the Masonic Hall as we were setting up for the dance. And uh, he, uh, we had a quick little conversation, the, the gist of which was he asked me for my experience and I just blurted out, I was frustrated. I said, how can I get any experience if nobody will hire me? And he laughed and he said, I'll tell you what, come in and see me tomorrow morning around 9 o'clock and we'll talk. And that led to my first job, part-time weekends, 
on WRNY Rome, and that started my career 60 years ago this week. And after my gig at WUSF, uh, I went on to work for a country station uh, in Tampa, that one that you may recall, WQYK, where I met the David Bowers. And we've been yes, I do friends, you know, all these all these years, and I can remember you because you had about you had about ten years, eight to ten years on me in the radio business, and I can remember you taking me under your wing, so to speak, and saying, no, 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 don't do it this way, do it this way, or okay, that's pretty good, but let's try enhancing it and doing it this way, and amazingly, it worked. Well, amazingly, it worked, yes, <laughs> and you, it worked quite well. You've had yourself <laughs> one heck of a fine, illustrious career, and I salute you for that. Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes we're able to toss a few ideas to somebody, and it works for them, and I'm glad that uh, I was a positive influence in your life and your career, and it's uh, a lot of well, memories. You, you were, and, of course, the, the friendship doesn't hurt either. I mean, we've known each other almost 50 years now. And we're and, still speaking uh, to each other. <laughs> And we're still speaking to each other. Oh, that's a little well, fine sometimes, folks. But hey, you know, every relationship. Yeah. And so that song by Richard Lynch, Radio Friend, really rings home. And uh, I thank Michael at MTS for turning us on to Richard Lynch and uh, and turning us on to yeah, that I, song. I, I which hope is, we can uh, get Richard on the show. That would be great, having Richard yeah, on the show. Yeah, we had him on about a year ago. I'd like to talk to him about it. You know, we had him on the yeah. end of January of 2021, and yes, definitely like to have him come back on here again. Moving right along so we can get to our first guest this year, today anyway. We spoke with our friend Sergei Avishnikov of the Ukraine rock band Yellow Dog about the situation over there and what's going on. And he expressed some concern, but in a definite positive attitude rather than the panic that, uh, well, for example, the media seems to be trying to stir us to. He said the people there were familiar with the feeling from previous threats, of course, and they were prepared to deal with it as best they can, but that they weren't going to let the fear destroy and run their lives. And I was really impressed with how cool and relaxed he was about it and how matter-of-factly he faced it. Now, Sergey is only, what we figure, about 20 miles from the uh, Russian border? He's about 20 miles, yeah, from the uh, yeah. Russian border, where, of course, as everybody knows, so, troops are amassing. And whether it's a ploy or not, we're not going to know for a while. Yeah, we, we have no way of knowing whether it's posturing or what it is, but it's, it's definitely unpleasant. And I salute him and all our friends in the Ukraine and... Uh, wish the very best for them. And the last thing he said to me uh, when he, uh, when we finished our conversation, and I'm going to try to get this right folks in Ukraine, forgive me if I mess it up. But the last thing he said to me was, which I understand is Ukrainian for let's live or let's move on. And I salute you for that and wish you all the very best. John Bon Jovial, you've got about 30 seconds. How are things there in, uh, in Bon Jovial land? Well, you know, we're surviving down here in the swamps of southwest Florida where the golf courses are green and filled with people and hitting that little teeny ball all around and it feeds the economy and the weather is beautiful. So this is uh, this time of year in Naples, Florida, that is the place to be. And uh, we are enjoying life right now and 
just waiting for the summer onslaught that will happen in another row, couple of months or so. Absolutely. All those tourists that get in the way but put money in your pockets. I understand. We get the oh, same thing out here. Pointed little heads. We love them. Absolutely. We've got a guest by the name of Hunter Flanagan standing by. We're going to turn on one of his tunes right now, and then we're going to sit and talk with Hunter for a few minutes. Here he is with Broken. Yeah, I did. I did. 
you know, I had a hunch that you did. It just had, it just had that feel about it. Just, it just grabbed you. Uh, I'm really, really impressed with the feel of that song. How long have you been writing and singing now? I've been singing since I was uh, probably 16 months old. I mean, I when I was 16 <laughs> months old, there's a video of me singing some uh, songs from Wizard of Oz. But <laughs> but writing actually came pretty recently. See, I started writing probably maybe two. Ah. I think my first song I ever wrote, I was probably like 14, 15 years old. I wrote it about my brother. But seriously, <laughs> I've been writing songs for probably about three or four years now. You've got a natural feel for it, the uh, the Americana storyteller feel, and you put it across very well. I wish I had one of those audio tracks from when you were a few months old and you were singing. That would have been neat to have on here. But we'll settle for your current music. John Bon Jovial. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah. First of all, Hunter, welcome to the show. It is fantastic to have you with us. And I'm listening to Broken. Uh, it's the first time I've heard it. And that is by design. David purposely uh, does not let me hear the music until we put it on our air. And that way, you know, we can get a, uh, a, a gut reaction to it. And my opinion of Broken is, I, you know, I... I, I love the, the anguished vocal style that you have on there. And I also like the fact that you are, and I don't know if this was by design or if it's just kind of a happy accident, but it seems to me that in addition to a, you know, a real hard country influence in there, you're also invoking some of the uh, urban folk sound of the early 60s uh, with the way you're playing that guitar. I mean, you, uh, you I, hit the nail I on right the head right there, man. Influence? Oh, man, I'll tell you what, sometimes I'm head. just so good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, but yeah, you had enough years to practice. I, I like it because it has some real originality. I can hear an influence but I cannot hear an imitation, and that is key uh, to originality, and, and, and you got it with this one. I'm very impressed. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the next one that we're going to play, and I, I won't divulge that yet, David. I'll leave that up to you, but uh, this is uh, that's good stuff. Well done, sir. Yeah. That is honestly the best compliment you could give me, but um, you said something about 60s folk, and uh, – one of my influences, my uh, my grandmother, she turned me on to Harry Chapin. So uh, the fact that you caught that was just insane to me. <laughs> yeah, I I have to you agree know, with one it. One of the things that one of the things that we've done with the show over the years, though, is is try to apply at least you know a visceral gut reaction to what we feel about the music, and and that's kind of what came to me. Uh, I, we've only encountered in the almost nine years that we've been doing this program, I think we've only encountered not even a handful of people that have uh, called up this type of influence in their music. Really? Yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a talent. So it's, it's unique. Yeah, it is. And I have to agree with John Bon Jovial there. The sound you have, uh, it, it comes from your heart. It comes from knowing what you're talking about, feeling it. And it's something that very few artists can actually put their hands on and translate to people. I, I liken it to a degree to... Uh, Grant Malloy Smith, who we had on here a couple of times last year, he was on with an album about his family and the people of Appalachia, and he recorded it in a coal mine in Appalachia, and he is one that can relate these things with feeling you have the anguish added to your style, and that's really a singular feeling, and I've noticed that you've had a bunch of awards and notices 
uh, in the last four years or so. Let's see. You were, uh, in 2018, you were creative loafing. I'm not sure what you were doing there, but you won the Best of Atlanta, Best of Country Act, Best Vocalist, Best Overall Artist, Best Bluegrass Traditional. You went on to win the Teen Artist of the Year in 2018. You picked up some other. You got Georgia Country Awards Overall Artist of the Year in 2020, as well as the ISSA, the Independent Songwriters Young Adult Artist of the Year. You were a current finalist there. That's a pretty amazing list of accomplishments over a short career span. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm super grateful to even be a part of those contests, let alone winning the ones that I did, especially things like Georgia Country. I was up against a lot of, you know, really big acts and a lot of people that were inspirations of mine growing up, and the fact that I was just alongside them was just insane to me. I've heard a rumor that there have been some uh, there have been some decent acts come out of the state of Georgia, you know, but especially in country music. Country and soul seem to be the two big things in Georgia, and boy, I'll tell you what. You keep doing what you're doing now, and you will have cemented yourself a place in the uh, Georgia country Americana music books. Believe me, and I want to thank uh, I want to thank Jill at uh, Nashville Weekly for uh, pointing you in our direction and us in your direction. We're so glad to have you here. I know you've come out of uh, the pandemic like everybody, and you've been kind of shut in. What's in store for you the rest of this year and on into the future? Yeah, um, just like everybody else, you know, I couldn't have a lot of gigs during the pandemic. And honestly, what's in store for me is just getting back into the swing of things, getting back into playing live and getting some more ticketed events. And uh, I'm actually looking for some new studios to get some things recorded and hopefully release even more music on a lot of streaming services and things like that here in the future. Did you do any live casts on the Internet? I did a few. Um, yeah, of course, when everybody else was getting into that during COVID, I got into doing some of those live shows on Zoom and things like that. And that was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a good day to, it was a good way to keep me in the swing of things while COVID hit. You know, as a musician, if I don't have people applauding me constantly, I, I lose my sense of self. <laughs> I know that feeling, yeah. Uh, now, Hunter, once it is safe to go back outside again and, and, and be with people again, what are your plans for touring? Are you going to tour locally? Are you, going to, are you planning a national thing or an international? You know, well, what are you thinking about? Actually, already um, since 2020, I mean, just in 2021 and starting now in 2022, I've started getting back into touring locally around Georgia, you know, showing them that I'm COVID negative and then getting in and getting everything loading in and wearing masks all the way until I start performing, then performing, then putting the mask back on and getting back in my truck. But um, once things start getting more lenient again, I'm hoping to get back to places like New Orleans and up as far north as, like, Wisconsin. Because, you know, before COVID, I was playing all over the southeast and, like, the eastern half of the United States. And I'm just hoping to get back to where I was before 2020. I think we all are. <laughs> Isn't that the but, truth? Uh, yeah. The, uh, as far as the touring, the southeast is concerned, uh, you know, if you ever get out west, well, you know, David is in the Phoenix area. And uh, I'm just down the road from you, Peace, uh, in uh, Naples, Florida. So if you well, ever well, do get down to the Naples Fort Myers scene, you know, let us know because I'd love to come see you. Well, I'm a uh, I'm a dive master uh, with Patty. I'm a scuba dive master, so uh, I'm down there in Florida quite a bit. So I might try to to work my way over to your area. Maybe we'll get to meet. Yeah, they get some nice water oh, that'd down be there. Wonderful, that really would. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> 
Hunter, you've appeared with a with a bunch of different artists. Uh, some uh, some people's names we recognize, like Gene Watson, for example, Confederate Railroad. Tell me now, as a young emerging artist, what is the feeling? What do you feel? What do you think of when you're you know you're opening for a a known major artist like Gene or Confederate Railroad, and you're walking out on the stage that first time. What's, what's it feel like to you? It's surreal is the only way I can describe it. See, like when people tell me that I'm performing for Gene Watson or Rhonda Vincent or Confederate Railroad or Mark Wills, like when they tell you that, you know, it's just words. It's not that big a deal. Like I just hear it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool. And then it doesn't really hit you until you're tuning your guitar up and you're five minutes away from walking on the stage and you've just shook hands with, you know, the people from Confederate Railroad or you've shook hands with Gene Watson or Mark Wills and you're stepping onto the stage to open for them and get on stage with them. And when you're walking up those seven steps to get on the stage, every single one of those steps, it just starts to cement in your mind that what you're going through is real. Like what's about to happen is something you've been looking forward to your entire life. Like especially people like Gene Watson and Mark Wills and even Confederate Railroad. Like these are people that I grew up with. Like I grew up listening to these people. So getting to meet them and shake their hand and then open up for them and look out at the crowd, the same crowd that was about to watch them sing, it's just it's the only way I can describe it is just surreal. Like it just even now it feels like it was just a dream that happened. Like I see the pictures of me performing there, and it's just it's. Do you get a feeling uh, when that happens? Uh, do you get a feeling of I've arrived? Honestly, yeah. Um, like I've been working for this for as long as I can remember. Hunter, based on you know what you just said, climbing up the seven steps and you know meeting these great musicians, do you get the feeling of I've arrived? You just you really get the feeling like this is the culmination of my labor. Like these are the fruits of my labor. Like everything that I've been working for for so long, since I was 16 months old, that just finally some of it's starting to you know come back, and I'm starting to see that all of that was worth it. You know. I know from having walked on the stage with a few artists myself over the years, and I'm not a performing artist. I'm just up there to introduce them. Uh, it is it's. It's an electrifying moment, and you do get a uh, you do get a special feeling. I can understand and relate to the fact that you, as a performing artist, get that I have arrived feeling. I want to also offer my apologies to the folks at Creative Loafing in Atlanta because we kind of kidded about them there at the beginning of your introduction and your history, <laughs> but uh, they are a legitimate agency in Georgia. And we give them a salute, and I know you appreciate the fact that they bestowed honors on you. From what I hear, you've earned them all. Now, you play several instruments. What do you play, Hunter? Uh, yeah, I think last time I took a stock tag, I think I play somewhere like up to nine instruments. I play ukulele, guitar, banjo, mandolin, some harp, a concertina, a little bit of accordion, some tin whistle, and piano. And I'm starting to try to learn violin, but it's you know it's slow going, but we're trying to get there. <laughs> well, that's amazing, just the fact that you can play the instruments you already do. And again, I salute you for that. You're a true pro. Before we let you go, I want to give you a chance, as we do all our guests, to tell the folks how they can find you, keep in touch with you, follow you, and get your music online. Yeah, so uh, I'm Hunter Flanagan. It's F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. 
a lot of A's, a lot of N's, no I's. You put an I in my name, you might find a hunter. He might be able to sing, but it ain't going to help me because it ain't going to be me. Uh, the website is thehunterflanagan.com, spelled the exact same way. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that millennial stuff. Um, I do weddings, funerals, bar mitzvahs, anything that pays, really. I have no shame. <laughs> I, I hear you. Like I said, you're a true professional there, Hunter. I want to give you a chance to tell us about this next track we're going to play, World's Going to Hell. I, I wrote World's Going to Hell in, like, June of 2020, so right when everything was happening at once. I turned on the radio just to check the weather of all things, and I saw the news, and I just couldn't handle it anymore. So I barricaded myself in my bedroom, and I wrote this song. And originally it was a slow and sappy song about you know the state of our country and all that, but then I decided we'd had enough sad stuff for 2020, so I put it to a Johnny Cash beat and made it fun. Well, you sure have, and you made our talk with you here today fun. We thank you so much for being with us. Look forward to hearing from you again, and also reminder that we have uh, many social media pages, but one in particular is the David Bowers Awards Groups page, a music page on Facebook. That's up there for our guests to post their music news, new releases, anything you want to share with your fans and followers. Feel free to post it there. You don't need to send us a press release. You can post it directly. We can pick it up from there and share it with our other pages, and uh, that way we get to spread the word to a lot of people for you. So feel free to jump on that and use it. That's what it's there for. Again, thank you so much for being here with us today. We look forward to following your career and hearing from you again in the future. Thank you all so much for having me, man. You all have a good day. You're all absolutely welcome. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. That is Hunter Flanagan, and here he is with his story about worlds going to hell. Thank you. 
How are you? It's probably too late to change it, so pour me another glass. I used to be an optimist, well, I hold that in the back. I don't know how you're doing, but me, I'm doing fine. We're going to hell, and so am I. We're going to hell, and so am I. Butter Flanagan, right here. The David Bowers Awards. What you think, John Bon Jovial? Well, I, I gotta kind of uh, agree with his sentiment of that last song there. But this guy's talented. I like him. He's 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 uh, fun to talk to. His music is just downright listenable. Uh, so yeah, this was uh, this was a very very good interview, and I'm uh, looking forward to hearing more from him. Also looking forward to hearing from Amanda here in a couple of minutes as well. I think we're going to be hearing a lot more from Hunter Flanagan because he's young, he's upwardly mobile, and he's definitely got talent both as a songwriter and as a singer. Looking forward to following his career. It's been a pleasure following Amanda Page Cornette. We'll be talking with her in about three, four minutes right after we listen to her hit Dreamcatcher.
Amanda Page Cornett. Amanda, come on in here and say hello. Hi, how's it going? Going great. You are too. What a great sound there. Nice tune. I really like it. Who is the male voice? The male is my one of my, or I guess he's my only co-writer on that song, Mark Narmore. He's phenomenal. It was. I had to try to live up to his vocals because they were so great. Well, I'll tell you what. You guys did a great job on that song. It's catchy. It's uh, it's country, and it, it's got crossover appeal, too. Great tune. Really love it. Love having you here with us. How have you been? What have you been up to? How did you get through the pandemic? Well, just trying to keep pushing through, pushing through, and trying to keep writing. And now that things are opening back up, trying to get back out playing. We were working on touring kind of the whole southeast at the before the pandemic hit. And then everything shut down. So, you know, it kind of starts over with trying to book because everybody's trying to book now. And everybody's a oh, yeah. little skittish about booking out too far because they don't know if something's going to happen. It's, it's a whole new world out there. It is. It is. And it's not necessarily a pleasant one. I, I know what you're doing. I know what you mean there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really tricky. And, of course, everybody trying to book all at once really makes trouble for booking people to try and schedule the dates because everybody wants to play the same places at the same time. And do you have a, do you have some some stops booked already? We have a couple booked um mostly in um southwest or like southern Kentucky and Nashville and we're working on trying to book out more places as well as we're able to. Um got some people helping us with booking as well, which is the hardest part of the whole business in my opinion. <laughs> so we're trying to get it back is. out there and just keep things moving. Well, I, I always tell our guests, if you happen to wind up, and you're talking about southeastern United States, if you happen to wind up down in Florida, 
keep your mind on the uh, Naples-Fort Myers area because that's where my co-host, John Bon Jovial, is. I'm out in the Phoenix area, so if you're ever in either of those areas, get in touch with us because we'd sure like to come and see you. That would be great. And I'm, I went to college in Florida, so I'm down there quite a bit and done quite a few shows down in, like, Tampa, St. Pete area and would love to get down to Fort Myers, both sides, east and west coast of Florida, trying to spread the music. Well, I know John would love the excuse to get out of the house and go see you, meet you in person, and see your see your performance. John Bon Jovial, am I right? Oh, you are absolutely correct in your assumptions, sir. Uh, I, you know, I know that uh, you're familiar, Amanda, with the uh, music scene in Florida. Tampa, St. Pete is a, you know a big area for it because, of course, you've got the University of Tampa and uh, you know, the University of South Florida and Ybor City and all these places that have fabulous music scenes, but, you know, a lesser-known music scene is in Fort Myers. There it has become a, uh, an amazing push on, uh, on indie musicians in the Fort Myers area, and there's a lot of uh, clubs downtown that uh, are catering to uh, such. Uh, so you ought to look into it, and if you do get down here, then, yeah, we sure would like to know because I know that my wife and I would love to come out and see you. That would be awesome, and if you, if, you know, if you have any contacts or know people that are the different places, please let me know because every little bit helps. Every little we, bit of info helps. Yeah, we we know a few folks. Absolutely, we know a few folks. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you, Amanda? Did you say you went to school in Florida? I did. I went to University of Florida, so I'm a Gator. Oh well, I worked in uh, I worked in Gainesville for a while there at uh, the old WGGG, the three G's. Okay. I was up there, I know, I don't know, was it 75, I think I was there for a little while before I went to Tampa in Q105, but I was programming up there, we had a lot of fun, and I did a, uh, oh gosh, I hurt myself so badly, we did a weekly gig at the Rat Skeller on campus there, <laughs> that was really tough, because I was a morning man, and we'd get out of the Rat at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I had to be oh, no. awakened on the air by 6, so those were... I had some pretty short Thursday night, Friday mornings back in those days. <laughs> the it good old day. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, in a college town like that, especially, it happens. Oh, it does, absolutely. But we did have some good times and some good memories there. But getting back to you, Amanda, and again, thanks to, uh, thanks to Jill over at Nashville Weekly for connecting us. So happy to have you here and so glad to be working with Jill. She's a real pro. And she treats her artists she right, is. too, I hear. So that's all a good thing. She does, what absolutely. are your plans in the immediate future? Well, right now I've been writing some new material. And my band and I, like I said, we're trying to work on booking. But we're also working on putting together a little EP that's a little more rock, just for the fun of it, because why not? Um, I don't feel like I need to paint myself into a corner, so I won't. <laughs> so, no, there's too many people um, willing to do that for you. Absolutely, and I feel like, you know, go where the music leads you and make music that you're proud of and good people will listen to it. And I, I'm i not too worried about the mainstream part. If it's good, the people listen to it the way I look at it. <laughs> That's it. If you build it, they will come. And if you make good music, they're going to listen to it and buy it. And that's the name of that right. tune. You definitely got a good start there. Dreamcatcher is a great song with a good commercial appeal. And as I said before, it's definitely a crossover tune. What is your background as far as getting into the music business? Were you always musical or is it something that you developed a few years on? 
Well, I have been probably making up songs since I could talk. And I finally started writing them down when I was nine. It's always kind of been a part of me. And I thankfully had some really good advice. My first guitar teacher, Joe Bennett, um, of Joe Bennett and the Sparkle Tones, they had a top ten hit back when he was 15. It was a rockabilly hit called Black Slack. And uh, Joe was my guitar teacher, and he gave me some of the best advice I've ever gotten as a writer. He said, if you want to make this a career, you need to make it a skill, not just a talent. And he said they lost their deal because they could only write when it came to them. And so he really encouraged me to start writing, even if I didn't feel like it, even if I didn't have inspiration, but to make it a skill to where I could make it a long career, not just, oh, when it comes to me, I can write a song, and if, if I'm dry, I'm dry. Right. Excellent advice. He advised you well, and uh, and you have shown the results, the proof of the pudding of his advice to you. Very good there. John Bon Jovial, you're flashing signs at me. Did you have something you wanted to toss into the conversation? Well, I wanted to kind of rewind a little bit here, Amanda, and talk about Dreamcatcher. Uh, it's a great song. I, I love the title. I love the content, the production, the whole bit. And I want to know what the process was in putting this great song together from start to finish. How long did it take you to do this? This song actually took a little longer. Um, Mark and I got together and we were working on it and we had some really cool ideas. We went through, we researched the heck out of Dreamcatchers and the uh, Indian culture, the American Indian culture, because we wanted to make it as accurate as we possibly could with it. You know, we had the story built around it, but we wanted to make it as accurate to the, and honoring the culture as we could. So we did our research, and on the spider women, who are the ones who weave the dream catchers and whatnot, and it's funny because we had it all set together, and about two weeks before I went in the studio, my co-producer and I said, what are we missing? And we realized we're missing a story song, and Mark and I got together again, and I said, we're missing a story song, and we went back and revisited it, and completely rearranged things, changed up the melody, and really cleaned up Dreamcatcher to make it what it is today. And I'm so thankful we did that because I think, I think it made it a really cool song. It definitely did. There's a, a definite coolness factor to it. And I, I, I think that this song, if you can get to the right contacts, I think this would do very well on these uh, radio stations that do the so-called stadium country or new country sound because I, I just think it's a perfect fit for it. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. I definitely agree and concur on that. And uh, I wanted also to touch base with another fact that popped up on your resume. It shows you're all, in addition to a singer and a songwriter, it also mentions you're an actress. Yes, sir. I do a little acting here and there. So. <laughs> and what, <laughs> a lot of what have you done? Since I've been in Nashville, I've done a few music videos in addition to my own. Um, but I've also done a few commercials here and there. I grew up doing theater and working with talent agents to go out and be extras and stuff like that and films and stuff. And, you know, I, I think it's very important to have that skill if you're going to be an entertainer, not just a singer to be able to emote what you're singing. So I, I feel like it's a, a very good skill to develop as a musical entertainer. 
Well, since you didn't mention it, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to pull a little harder and see if I can get you to comment. Because yeah, I I see a note that said you were featured in the uh, 2009 movie Junkyard Dog. I was. What's funny is I was actually playing myself in that one, so I was actually singing. Uh, it was a kind of cool story. I got an audition to go out and audition as a stunt double because in Nashville we don't have cool stunt people like they do in LA mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and because of my gymnastics background um, I went out and auditioned for that and got talking to the gentleman that owns the junkyard which is a little bit west of Nashville and he said they're still looking for music and so I took some music out there and they ended up picking our song he's looking better to be in the movie so I got the Sing on stage when Jessica Fox came up there and interrupted me in the middle of the song and <laughs> made an announcement. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun. I bet it was. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I have not seen the movie, but I'm going to have to go and uh, and bring it up. Now, I had a bunch of other questions I wanted to run by you, but we're almost out of time. So i got to get oh, two no. quick ones in and about. Now, let's say okay. a minute and a half, two minutes. One, I wanted you to tell us about real quickly who is in your band. My band right now, but so on my album, it's my original band that I've been playing with for almost um, over 10 years, which is Randall Scott Peterson on guitar. He was also my co-producer, Sherry Peterson Tennell on bass, and on the album is Sean Peterson, her twin brother, on drums. And right now we have another gentleman playing drums for us, Sean Killen, and they're so much fun to play with. We really wanted to make an album where it was kind of old school where you go in, the, go in the studio and you all play. And you play live and you can feed off each other's energy and not just one instrument at a time. And I, right. I feel like you can tell that when you listen to the, to the album. Yeah, there's a sterile sound about it when you lay the one track and then you go back in and you lay another track. And you're right, it's totally more electric when you go in and just do it. And I wanted to get in the name. Your band is the Almost Angels. Yes, almost angels. We're we're not perfect, but we're almost angels. Well, I wanted to be sure and get that in there, <laughs> and we love to make sure everybody in the band gets their creds. Now, with about 30 seconds left, tell the folks, as we always ask our guests to, how they can find you, how they can find you online, follow you, get in touch if they want to tell you how great you are, and especially where they can buy your music. Absolutely. If you go to amandapagecornet.com, no, I am Paige. You can find all the links to Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Amazon, everywhere where you can buy music, and I encourage people to do that. Uh, you can also find me, Amanda P. Cornette, on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find Amanda Page Cornette Music on Facebook. And definitely shoot me a message if you are hearing this right now and say hi, and we'll get back to you. Fantastic. Amanda, thank you so much for coming and spending time with us, sharing your music and your story. We're definitely going to be following you some more and look forward to hearing from you. You're part of the family now, so keep in touch. We'd like to know what's going on. Will do. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Amanda Page Cornette, and here's Carolina Coast.
We thank both of our guests. Great time here today. Hunter Flanagan along with Amanda Page Cornette. Great time, great music, and great having you here with us to share it with. John Bon Jovial, 
take us home. Yes, sir. We are on our way, folks. You did it again. We are so grateful for your presence and spending a perfectly good hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards, which, by the way, just happens to be broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and, of course, from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona. We are available for free on most of the major streaming services. You can help the David Bowers Awards support indie artists and music by clicking the link at the end of this episode on Anchor FM and making a donation. We sure would be grateful if you'd do that. Click the follow button on the David Bowers Awards wherever you listen to your music podcasts. And join us next week for the David Bowers Awards Saturday on WRFC FM 106.3 on your FM radio dial, otherwise known as Rochester Free Radio, at noon Eastern Saturday and on Blog Talk Radio Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for the David Bowers and all the other crew of Moronicas here at the David Bowers Awards, we really appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week. This is John Bon Jovial, the legendary one, saying be good to each other, wash your hands, get that shot if you haven't done it yet. We'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards.